Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Truth. I'm your host, the one you love the most, Niall Hassan, back with another episode here on The Truth. Today, ladies and gentlemen, we are continuing our 30 Teams in 30 Days series, episode number 18, as we continue on with the AL East Division and the Baltimore Orioles. Very interesting team. This team was absolutely nothing a couple years ago and maybe has a chance to be great this season. For those of you that are new, how it works, we will go over our team MVP, predict on where they'll stand in the division, a big-name acquisition, and a big-name loss in the offseason, other ads or losses, our biggest bust on the team, breakout player, and then you're going to do the minor league player to look out for for the Baltimore Orioles. Without further ado, who is going to be your team MVP for the Orioles this season? I think it's the best player on their team. Uh, he's made his debut last year, Adley Rutschman. Adley barely played last year, it felt like. He only played 113 games. He batted 254, the 362 on base, 65 strikeouts to – or, sorry, 86 strikeouts to 65 walks, so a good ratio there. Four, four stolen bases as a catcher, 42 RBIs, 13 home runs, one triple, and 35 doubles, which is kind of crazy to think that he had 35 doubles in 113 games and scored – 70 times and had a 5.2 war. He's very good defensively. He was obviously the first overall pick a few years back and he's finally made his mark on the MLB. Yeah, you know, Adley Russian is going to be their team MVP this year. They're a team that really doesn't have those, like the big all star name um, that you would say, you know, maybe like a Trey Turner or um, like somebody like that. But they do have Adley Rushman, who's a very off to a great start in his career, obviously. He mentioned his stats there from last season. They got a lot of young pieces around the uh, in the Baltimore Orioles organization, too. Got guys alongside him like Gunnar Henderson, um, who's 21 years of age in, the, in that system. So Baltimore Orioles look to be like a very interesting team. But, you know, there's no point going over the stats like you just mentioned. But, I mean, his stats were very good, especially for his rookie campaign. I think a lot of people were curious to see, you know, when is Adley Rushman going to finally debut? Because there was a lot of hype around him. And when he did debut, he didn't disappoint. And sure, maybe he had a little bit of struggles throughout his rookie season. But if you're a Baltimore Orioles fan, you got to be thrilled. You know, I can't remember the guy's name, but it's Matt Holliday's son they drafted almost recently. Jackson Holliday. Yeah, Jackson Holliday. But they got a lot of young pieces. And if you can keep these kind of core three or core four guys that are kind of building up, especially on that offensive side, this team's a team that can kind of – really go deep into the postseason. But Adley Rutschman is definitely going to be the guy that's going to be the forefront for that Baltimore Orioles team. And I think he's going to have kind of what they call the sophomore campaign where he has a really good rookie season, but even a better full season as he'll finally get a play, hopefully, uh, going into the season. But at the catcher position, too, catchers are way more valuable when we did our positional breakdown with the catchers. Not saying that certain catchers were lacking, but catcher, if you can build a team around a catcher like that, especially a switch hitting and the way that he's able to play both sides of the ball, it's going to be a very scary team moving forward where do you think they're going to finish in the division this season i haven't finishing third this year i think they're going to call up a lot of their prospects that are in that 21 to 20 old range they have one of their top one of the top pitching prospects in the entire minor leagues he should be making his debut this year i think they take that next step especially with avley leading them and gunner make gunner going into his first full year and some of the other guys they're going to add. They've also added some pitchers, which is where they were really lacking last year. Their offense was pretty surprising, and I think they take that next step. I'm going to go ahead and put them fourth in the division once again. Last year they finished fourth in the division with an 83-79 and 79 record. But I mean, if you're a Baltimore Orioles fan, seeing you guys four games over 500, it's got to be absolutely thrilling, especially the way that you started the season. And really there wasn't much expectation 
the Baltimore Orioles were vying for a playoff spot, which sounds insane to say. Everybody's rooting for them. Obviously, people were rooting for Seattle to kind of get over the hump there, too. But Baltimore, man, they almost made the postseason. Now, there were four games above 500, which I think, as far as the Baltimore Orioles fan base is concerned, was way above expectations. So they're on the right foot forward there, which really begs the question with Henderson and uh, Rushman hopefully getting their first four full seasons, how effective can those two be? You also brought up a good point. We'll touch base on it with their ads, but their pitching's a lot better. I think their pitching was something that, you know, you're obviously you're looking and struggling with. And I think four is a respectable spot. You know, maybe if they were in a different division, you could maybe make the case for third. But I think the Yankees, Blue Jays, and Rays all have better teams. And I really do believe that going into this season, you know, it, it would be a good season for Baltimore. They have a chance to make the postseason once again, but those top three dogs. And even the Red Sox could fight for the mix. You know, the Red Sox finishing last in the division, you expect them to have a terrible record. They were 78 and 84, so they weren't that too they weren't that far behind the Baltimore Orioles. So it's gonna be an interesting straight, but I think fourth's a pretty accurate spot. But this team can honestly go as high as second and then as low as fifth, depending on how the team plays and how the rest of the division plays out. What about your big name acquisition and your big name loss in the offseason? Uh like we mentioned, the pitching, they added a couple guys. Uh they had two starters, like notable starters in Cole Irvin and Kyle Gibson. Yeah, they're not top-of-the-line starters, but it's better than the guys they did have. And they finally got like a, a true setup man for Felix Batista and uh, Michael Givens from, I believe, the Mets he played for last. He's now in the Orioles. Last year, he was 7-3, 3.38 ERA, uh, two saves, 71 strikeouts to 61 and a third. Uh, innings. He's gonna be a great setup guy. He kind of gives that spark. He's not. He's like a bigger guy, but like you don't see, when you see him pitch, it doesn't seem like it. So Michael Givens is probably I think one of my favorite ads in the offseason for them. Yeah, you know, Kyle Gibson is gonna be my big player that they got. I don't really think too many moves in free agency, um, but they made I guess enough to kind of build around as you mentioned their two starters there. But Kyle Gibson again, he's not a guy that's gonna be lights out, but. I- he played for the Phillies last year, um, so he obviously had that World Series experience. He's just been a veteran guy um, throughout the season. Now, granted, he didn't pitch great last year at a 5 ERA, a 10-8 record, 144 k. so a lot of people are like, ah, all right, maybe he's kind of getting towards the end of his time at age 35. But he's had a really, relatively average career in 2021 when he played with Texas. He had a really solid career, and two years in Philly were a little bit rough, but when he played for the Twins, he was fine as well. So, you know, there's just a lot of areas that Kyle Gibson could kind of throw in the mix. Maybe going back to the AL would play to his advantage. Or sometimes players just don't work out well in certain locations. That might be the case for Kyle Gibson. But nonetheless, the Orioles needed some starting pitching, so they got some help there. You mentioned Michael Gibbons, losing him. And then Jordan Lyles, I think, was their big loss. Again, he's not a guy that's going to tear up the stat sheet, but he's a more veteran pitcher now going over to Kansas City at age 32. It's just kind of one of those guys that you can maybe fill in the rotation and have some success with. Um, look at the team as a whole, as far as starters are concerned. You had him before, you know, got John Means, who obviously a lot of people know him, Mike Bauman, um, DJ, DL Hall. So they got some interesting starting pitching, but Kyle Gibson was obviously a big ad there. A, uh, another ad I liked was Adam Frazier. You know, Adam Frazier is going to be a good role setter there. For the Baltimore Orioles, I think he's got the capabilities to not necessarily break out into the scene, but be a solid bat. He's not really going to hit for power. He's not going to—he's going to hit relatively for average. So he's a good second baseman that the Orioles did add. And then another loss was Jesus Aguilar. Again, another guy that's not going to necessarily be an MVP, but 
a guy that he could provide some depth for the Baltimore Orioles. Um, he didn't have a great campaign when he went to them. Uh, I believe he only played in like 15, 16 games, but he's got that power capabilities in 2018, had 35 bombs. So losing him might definitely hurt, but the Baltimore Orioles are just a very interesting team. Biggest thing with them is the way that they've been trying to build around those young guys and really have success in that aspect. Who's going to be your biggest bust on the team? Biggest bust I have on the team is going to be Bruce Zimmerman. Last year, Zimmerman was 2-5 and five with a 5.99 ERA. In 73 and two-thirds innings, he only had 49 strikeouts, and his whip was a 1.48, uh, which is not good. You don't, you don't want that out of your starter at all. Uh, he only made 15 starts, or he made 13 starts and 15 appearances. Year before that, five, four and five with a 5.04 ERA, similar amount of games played, uh, only nine less innings the year before. He just, he isn't a strikeout guy, and if you're not a strikeout guy, you need to get ground balls and quick outs and not let guys on, and that's not what he's been doing. He's been walking guys, allowing hits, and since he doesn't strike anyone out, he's most likely going to get someone on third and then they're going to score because of a sack fly or a ground out. And it's going to be a run account against him. I don't see him really improving on that. Uh, and I think he may get actually decrease in innings or maybe just be a bullpen guy instead of starting games. So I'm going to go with Austin Voth. Now Austin Voth has had an interesting career. You know, he's been not the best as far as being a starter and a reliever because he's done both, but Going into this season, you know, when he transitioned over to a starter, um, at least, I think, 17 games last year for Baltimore, he was a lot more effective. But when he played for Washington, it was 18 and two-thirds, and he had 10.13 ERA. It's obviously not very good. I think his successes last season for Baltimore were a bit fluky, in my opinion. I think I need to see at least one more year for him to have some success. He's already shown that he's going to struggle a little bit um, in spring training. He has an 8.22 ERA and 7.1 innings pitch and only one strikeout, which in 7.2 innings pitch, having only one strike is not very good um, if you are not new or if you're new to pitching. So not have necessarily wipeout stuff, um, you know, trusting a lot in your defense and just getting success that way is going to be a little bit of a stretch for him. And I think he's just going to struggle. I think it's going to be an interesting situation. I think he'll start for the Baltimore Orioles, but he can also provide that relieving role too. So maybe it's a situation where he switches midway through the season, but I'm just not seeing much successes from him, um, especially with how the way that some of the other starters and pitchers in their bullpen are looking this season. Who is your breakout player for the Orioles? Interesting. It's the guy that you just said is going to be their biggest bust, Austin Vaught. Wow. Uh, with in 2020 uh, or 2022, he only played 19 games, all his relief appearances with the Nationals that had a 10.13 ERA, which is not good. But then when he went, went over to Baltimore, he had a 3.04 ERA. He had 22 games, and 17 of those were starts. His strikeout numbers were a little bit better when he – or were down from when he was with uh, Nationals. Nationals, he had 18 two-thirds inning with 34 strikeouts. And then with Baltimore, he was – had 83 innings of 77 strikeouts. So I think his game went away from trying to overpower guys with strikeouts and kind of became a little bit more finesse, a little more get out, let the batters get themselves out. And I feel like that's going to translate over if he's a starter. I know he's had some, like I mentioned, some rough patches, but it seems like a lot of those rough patches is him when he wasn't starting. His next best year is in 2019. He only had Eight appearances, nine appearances, but Amor starts at a 3.3 ERA. But 
But then next year, he was a full-time starter and had a problem. So, But he was also, again, on the Nationals, so he wasn't playing for a whole lot. So I feel like now being on a team that's a little bit younger, they're actually playing for something, he could uh, grow and be a little bit better. Mine's going to be Felix Bautista. Now, in his first season last year, it was absolutely phenomenal. 2.19 ERA, 65 games, 65 and two-thirds innings pitched. 88 strikeouts and a whip of 0.029, excuse me, had 15 saves. Now, transitioning him into a fully relieving closing role, this season's going to be huge for the Orioles. I mentioned earlier when we did the relief appearance show where we really broke down relievers and closers. Bautista's a guy that really stuck out on the page and was my highest, I guess, newcomer into the list. He's got tremendous stuff. He's got a over 100-mile-an-hour fastball, nasty splitter, and he has a solid slide piece as well that he's kind of been working in. Um, I don't report more in the spring training, but he's had a lot of success. And in only his first season, he's got some veteran to him as being 27 years of age. Surprised he's honestly not called up a bit sooner, but then again, he might not have had the same success as he did last season, but he converted really well. I think when in this year, he's going to be a huge X factor. Orioles. The Orioles have struggled to win games. Everybody knows for a period of time. So having a guy that's really going to be a good shutdown for the most part, obviously, um, and, and feeling like a safety net there is going to be huge for the Baltimore Orioles to continue to grow and flourish in the right direction. So all avenues lead to our success. Bautista, I think he's going to be a guy, too, that for fantasy purposes, you're going to steal very early and very often because he's going to have a tremendous year and be that breakout player, and a lot of people are going to start talking about him even after this season. And then who's your minor league player to look out for? I believe it's the obvious one who should have been called up last year, uh, but because of an injury, he wasn't. Grayson Rodriguez. Last year, uh, in 2022, before he got injured, I had a couple of games where he pitched afterwards. They just didn't want to call him up and have him potentially get injured in the bigs. He was 6-2 and two with a 2-6-2 ERA and 17 starts. Uh, within that time, in 75 and two-thirds innings, he had 109 strikeouts. 0.99 whip. Batters only hit 176 against him. And a lot of people are like, oh, it's just one year. Nope, the year before, 9-1, 2-3-6 ERA, 103 innings with 161 strikeouts. Batters hit even worse against him, 159 with a 0.83 whip. Year before that, 10-4 with a 2-6-8 ERA. And his first year, he was 0-2 in rookie ball, uh, but had a 1.9 or 1.4 ERA. He should have made the ball a big league club at spring training, arguably last year, but la- but he was shut down with a grade two lat strain, uh, and he they just had to try to build him back up towards the end of last year, but he just kind of didn't make the cut, uh, and they didn't want to risk injury, so he should be a starting day uh, pitcher. He should be on the starting day roster for Baltimore. Well, that's going to do it. Another episode of 30 Teams in 30 Days, episode 18. I hope you guys did enjoy it. We're continuing our way through the AL East division. We got the New York Yankees tomorrow, and then we're finishing with the Toronto Blue Jays. So two very exciting teams in the American East, American East division. Before we venture over to the NL West, we're almost through the entire series. I hope you guys did enjoy it. If you guys did, make sure you follow The Truth on Twitter at The Truth as one to stay up to date with the latest information regarding The Truth, including podcast dates, podcast uploads, and other important information of value you did not want to miss. As always, I'm your host, the one you love the most, Niall Hessen, joined by AJ Ponciano. Take care and go.